Hello, this is Terraria Tips, Tricks, Tutorials, and in this episode, we are going to go over the game progression of Terraria. Firstly, let's go over the main terminology that comes with the progression of Terraria. First is Pre-Eye of Cthulhu. This marks the time period from the very first time you join a world to the time where you beat the first boss you're likely going to face, the Eye of Cthulhu. After that comes the next section, which is Pre-Skeletron. Skeletron is a boss you'd fight at the dungeon at night, and in between the time from when you beat the Eye of Cthulhu to the time where you defeat Skeletron will be considered the Pre-Skeletron part of the game. After Skeletron, your next progression era of the, the game is going to be pre-Wall of Flesh. Wall of Flesh is the boss that you summon and fight in the underworld as it travels sideways across the map before you can enter hard mode. The time between Skeletron and the Wall of Flesh is going to be pre-Wall of Flesh. After you beat the Wall of Flesh, this main chunk of the game is going to be called hard mode. There are a few parts of hard mode. The first part of hard mode is going to be the pre-mechanical boss part. That is before there are three mechanical bosses, and the time before you beat all three of them is going to be the pre-mech boss part. After the mech bosses, Plantera becomes available for you to fight. You can fight Plantera in the underground jungle, and before doing that, but after feeding, defeating the mech bosses, will be the pre-Plantera portion of the game. After Plantera, there is Gollum, pre Gollum era. After Gollum is going to be Moonlord, so pre-Moonlord. After and after Moonlord is going to be post-Moonlord, and after that, there is no significant progression events in the game besides going around and finishing anything up with your world or character that you wish. Now let's go over all of these progression portions of the game in a little more detail. Let's start with the pre-Eye of Cthulhu portion of the game most commonly referred to pre-eye. From the start of the game when you join, where you have simply a short sword, pickaxe, and axe, all of them being copper, and nothing done to your world, you're going to have to go out and get some ore tools, some, uh, some early game loot, and possibly get a few NPCs. Most importantly, the merchant in uh, housing that you're going to build. These are all going to be important to defeating the eye. After that, you're probably going to want to get an arena set up, that way you don't die, and you're probably also going to want to make sure you at least have one double jump item, whether that be a blizzard in a bottle, a cloud in a bottle, the magic carpet, or a sandstorm in a bottle, anything like that is uh, incredibly instrumental to defeating the Eye Cthulhu. The Eye Cthulhu can be spawned by putting six lenses together at a demon or crimson altar to make the suspicious-looking eye, which then can be used at night to summon the Eye Cthulhu. The Eye Cthulhu drops crimsonite or demonite ore depending on what your world evil is and this can be used directly after to make a bow a yo-yo a sword or an axe among uh, one or two other things now let's go over the pre-skeletron portion of the game after being the eye cthulhu you are much more equipped and if you're playing in expert mode you have a new item called the shield of cthulhu which allows you to dash and will be very helpful to dodging other enemies and bosses and will likely be an item you hold on for the rest of the game after the eye cthulhu you're probably going to head off into some of the more dangerous biomes such as the jungle and underground jungle and possibly delve de deeper into the ocean and in some cases you might even get all the way to the underworld during this part however that doesn't usually happen until after skeletron 
going into the jungle, you're going to want to get a few, a little bit more loot, including some stingers, vines, and jungle spores, which allow you to create some items, especially if you are going to be a mage. And there is a boss in the underground jungle biome, the Queen Bee, which is incredibly helpful to defeat if you're planning to be a summoner. If you are planning to be a melee, you're probably going to want to go a little bit more towards the Eater of Worlds or the Brain of Cthulhu, which you'll fight in either the Corruption or Crimson, respectively. Regardless of whether you're going to be melee, you're probably going to have to defeat this anyway, seeing as you're going to want to get a Nightmare Pickaxe or a Deathbringer Pickaxe from what the those bosses drop. After fighting these bosses in whatever way you find most fit, then you're going to want to go to the dungeon at night, talk to the NPC that stands outside the old man, and you're going to be able to summon him there. The Skeletron has two hands and a head. Especially in expert mode, you're going to have to defeat the hands before you defeat the head, but normally you're going to want to do that anyway. It makes the fight easier, and it is easiest if you have some sort of arena by the dungeon. Beating Skeletron does not often drop much, but will drop a few coins, but the most important loot it drops is allowing you access into the dungeon. If you try and go to the dungeon before Skeletron, you're going to get immediately murdered by the dungeon guardian. After beating Skeletron, you're going to now be in the pre-wall part of the game. In this part of the game, you're probably going to want to go down into the dungeon and get some nice loot there. The most important two things, depending on what you're going for as a player, is going to be the Cobalt Shield and the Miramaza. Cobalt Shield makes it so you don't take knockback, which is very important if you're going to be pretty much any class. However, if you're going to be something like Summoner that intends to avoid monsters anyway, this might not be the most uh, important item to you. Miramaza, however, is instrumental to a melee class, especially before beating the Wild Flesh, as combining the Miramaza with a few other swords can create the Knight's Edge, which is an incredibly powerful sword, and it is actually the most powerful pre-hard mode sword that you could get access to before the Wall of Flesh. After you go into the dungeon and get some loot that you like from there, you're going to want to maybe go back into the jungle a little bit and finish up some loot. You're going to absolutely want to make sure that you have full health, which is by finding life crystals underground to get yourself up to 400 maximum health before, pre before hard mode. And then you're going to want to go to the underworld by likely making a elevator, which is just a straight tunnel straight down that you just fall down to get to the underworld incredibly quickly and build a pathway that goes across the underworld so you have something to travel across easily when fighting the Wall of Flesh. And after that, you can initiate the battle by throwing a guide voodoo doll into lava and thus summoning the Wall of Flesh. After fighting the Wall of Flesh, the very first thing you might want to do is actually fight the Wall of Flesh again. The Wall of Flesh does drop things that are essential to your class going into hard mode, which is going to be the part of the game that you're now in. You will need these items, as they will be incredibly helpful to fending off the much more difficult enemies that you will face upon returning back to the surface. If you do not get a very favorable item for the class that you're going for, then you might want to try and fight the Wild Flesh again. After you've, you're satisfied with the loot you've gotten, the first thing you need to do after that is go into a, a Crimson or Corruption. In this, depending on the world evil, you're going to want to immediately break as many altars as you can. However, it is important to leave at least one for you to craft items that need to be crafted at altars. And by doing this, you will spawn some hard mode ores that will be incredibly useful to making armor or weapons that you'll need. If you are a summoner, then getting spider gear in spider caves is going to be incredibly helpful. 
After that, you're going to want to get ready to summon these bosses. In order to do that, you're going to need to go to the Hollow, which will spawn as a new biome after the uh, defeat of the Wall of Flesh. And you can go there and hunt enemies in the Underground Hollow, and also you're going to have to do the same thing in the Underground Crimson or Corruption to get Souls of Light and Souls of Night. You'll find Souls of Light in the Underground Hollow and Souls of Night in the Underground Crimson or Corruption. After you get these, you're going to combine them with iron bars at a anvil, and after doing that, you'll be able to get the spawners that you need for the mech bosses. There are three mech bosses. There is the twins, which is basically two eyes of Cthulhu, but in a much harder state. There is the destroyer, which is a lot like the Eater of Worlds. It is a giant worm that goes around, and when you defeat certain parts of it, Instead of disappearing, like the Eater Worlds, they spawn probes that shoot lasers at you, and Skeletron Prime, which is a hard mode version of Skeletron with four arms. It has a cannon, chainsaw, vice, and a laser gun. After fighting all three mech bosses at night, keep in mind you don't have to fight them all at once, but you do have to defeat all of them, you are going to be able to spawn Plantera in the jungle. Before doing that, though, because Plantera is pretty difficult, you're going to want to continue to get some better loot by getting drops from the Crimson, Hollow, Underground biomes, or even the Underworld getting some loot from there, as Plantera is not quite so easily defeated by the mech loot. However, the mech bosses do drop loot that allow you to create an insanely good pickaxe called the Drax or the Pickaxe Axe by uh, combining their dropped hollowed bars, but also the souls of Sight, Might, or Fright that each of them drop. These also can be used to create some interesting and useful weapons that can be tailored to your specific class. After getting the equipment that you think you need, it is important to go down to the jungle, you're going to have to find a pink bulb that looks a bit like a, it's a pink glowing plant, and by destroying this, you'll be able to spawn Plantera. However, before doing that, you're going to want to create an open space with platforms as an arena, because Plantera can be quite quick and will shoot objects that ricochet at the walls. Fighting her in a tight space will, can, will force you to take incre incredible amounts of damage uh, at once and will probably lead to you losing the battle. Uh, upon fighting Plantera and defeating her, she will drop some useful items, but even more importantly than a lot of the items she drops, she'll open up the dungeon to new enemies this time. They will be much more difficult, but by defeating them, and sometimes the ghosts that they spawn, will allow you to get incredibly good gear and prepare you for Gollum in the, under, in the Lizard Temple. Now that you've defeated Plantera, you're going to have entered the pre-Gollum part of the game. First thing you're probably going to do is go into the dungeon and get some useful loot that they drop. They drop some incredibly good weapons and items that you'll need, and they'll also drop useful items that you can use to craft some other good weapons. Also found in the underground dungeon is chests that are specifically tailored to each biome. There's a Crimson or Corruption chest, there is a Hollow chest, Jungle chest, Hollow chest. All of these chests can be opened with a key that is also like the one that is to that chest, that biome. There is a Crimson key, which has an incredibly low chance of dropping, but 
um, in the Crimson or Corruption, if you have a Corruption world. There is a hollowed key that is has a low chance of dropping in the hollow, a, uh, and so on for the rest of the other chests. These keys will yield incredibly good items in those chests, assuming you can find them in the dungeon, and getting those items will be very helpful defeating Gollum. When you're ready to defeat Gollum, you're going to go back into the underground jungle, and there will be a large temple made out of brownish-orange bricks that look also a bit mossy. The Plantera will drop a Lazard Temple key. Using this key and the Lazard Temple door will allow you to get in, and upon doing so, you will come across very difficult enemies to fight. There will be the Lazards themselves and the Flying Snakes. Keep away from these enemies, as they do an immense amount of damage, and also the Lazar herds enter a second form after they take a significant amount of damage, after which they do not take any knockback, so be careful. Upon getting to the last room of the temple, you will find a altar where you can use a Lazarherd power cell to summon Gollum. You'll find these power cells in chests that are scattered around the Lazarherd temple. Summon Gollum, and he will hop around the final room and shoot its, his fists at you, and then after you defeat his fists and its head, it will also shoot lasers at you as you defeat its core. After you defeat Gollum, it will drop some other useful items that you can use, although they primarily tailor the melee class, and you will be open to defeat the Lunatic Cultist, which is the next step before fighting Moonlord. After defeating Gollum, you're going to have to really get some good loot in order to defeat Moonlord, as you're now in the pre-Moonlord state of the game. However, there are two useful events that you can use that can be both summoned at night. By using Ectoplasm from the dungeon and a couple of materials at an anvil, you can create spawners for the Frost Moon and the Pumpkin Moon. The Pumpkin Moon has drops that primarily tailor the uh, mages and the summoners, and the Frost Moon has drops that mainly tailor the melee and the ranged class. These drops, however, are insanely good, and when attained, will help you a lot in defeating the Moonlord. Another event that you can trigger is uh, if you go in space, you can find sometimes a little UFO that comes down, and if you go under it, it has a scanner that will go from red to green, which signifies that it's noticed you, and it will fly away. After that, it will trigger an alien or a Martian invasion, and these Martians will invade your your world. Upon killing enough of these, along with the larger UFOs that come down, you will end the event, and in the process, the, you will have attained probably quite some loot. There is a couple other things you can do by going in other biomes and getting some loot, but that will be covered in a later video. When you think you're ready, as far as loot goes, you're going to go to the dungeon one last time, to the lunatic cultist, and there will be a four cultists around a sigil in the entrance of the dungeon. Kill three of them and there will be one left. It will rise into the sky and use its magic powers to attack you as one of the last boss fights of the game. Upon killing the lunatic cultist, there will be a lunar event with four pillars scattered around the map. Each pillar is uh, tailored specifically to a class. The lunatic cultist will drop an ancient manipulator and each pillar that you kill will drop a certain amount of fragments that are of that pillar type. For example, a solar pillar will drop solar fragments. Go to the Ancient Manipulator, and you can use those fragments to make a couple weapons of that pillar's type. A solar pillar, for example, is melee weapons, and you can make very good melee weapons 
that can be used to fight Moonlord. After fighting the fourth pillar, you'll have exactly one minute before Moonlord spawns. It is best to get to your arena quickly and prepare for the battle. Having good potions, good armor is essential, and having high damage per second, as the quicker you defeat Moonlord, the better. Uh, after you've beaten Moonlord, that is the final boss of the game, and you've entered the final stage, post-Moonlord. At this point, there are no more progression objectives. There are no more bosses that you need to beat. You can simply play around in your world and have fun as a character. Or you can start a new Terraria world, possibly at a higher difficulty setting. And that wraps up this episode of Terraria Tips, Tricks, and Tutorials. I have made an Instagram account if you want to check that out. The link will be in the description of this episode. And I would love to have you as a frequent listener. Adios.